welcome to another episode of Don't Filter Feelings. I'm Yinka Bikini and on this podcast we have conversations about issues that matter with people who have stories to share. In this special episode of Don't Filter Feelings, we're hearing from Andrea Ali and Bobby Gordon, who are chatting about Black History Month and what it means to them and who their black heroes are. Just so you know, we're also going to be chatting about the Black Lives Matter movement and the treatment of black people by the police. Hello, Andrea and Bobby. How are you guys doing? Hello. All good. We are all good over this side. How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm swell. How are you, Bobby? Well, go on. I'm good. I'm good. I'm happy. I'm well. Smiling. Starting the week fresh. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. I'm excited. It's lovely to meet you as well. Oh, it's lovely to meet you both. I have to admit, yeah, that I'm like a big Hollyoaks fan. So I'm the sort of person that watches it on Channel 4, then goes to E4 to make sure I get the ketchup. Do you know what I'm saying? Love that. Yeah, so it, it feels really good to be talking to you guys, especially about something like Black History Month. I feel like although it's been 30 years that it's been celebrated in this country and, you know, I think October is definitely a place for black people to be visible at least one month a year. 2020 just feels a bit different. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. I think with everything that happened during lockdown, I think it took everyone by surprise because, weirdly enough, a lot of people weren't actually aware that uh, Black Lives Matter was a movement that didn't just start in 2020, that it was something mm-hmm. that had been around for years before. Um, but I think this year, something happened where we were all in lockdown and I felt like, us all being at home allowed us the opportunity to really pay attention to what was going on. Do you know what I think it is, Andrew? I think that, like, when everybody is social distancing, we are so much more connected on our phones, and that means that we are plugged into the to, to, to being online. We are sort of closer to people who are not necessarily in this country. So it's a lot easier to empathise and also a lot more difficult to get away from because, yes, you're seeing a hashtag, but you're also not going to see your mate or you're seeing a hashtag, but you're not going to work. That's it. And I think even now we're still feeling the effects of that movement. We're still feeling the effects of the protests. And a lot of things changed after that. And... We just pray it continues going that way and going in that direction because a lot of great things have come about because of that movement, which I know I, I for one, feel really grateful for. So, Andrea, I feel like you um, answered the first question that we ask every guest on Don't Feel Your Feelings. Uh, how are you feeling right now? But if you could sort of describe your thoughts and your feelings in a nutshell, how are you feeling right now? Oh, I feel... Great. I feel good within myself. You look good. Oh, thank you, sis. Thank you. Great. Great. (laughs) I mean, many people know me for not having hair. I have short hair. I have a wig on today. But it's the wigs with the lash and the gloss. It's just popping. Like, yes. I feel, yeah, I feel really good. Um, Yesterday, I decided for the first time I was going to have a Sunday to myself. Nice recharge and just unplug myself from the matrix and do things for me and do good things so yeah just like what Bobby said I'm starting the week fresh which feels really good and really happy to be doing this podcast with you and Bobby how are you feeling Uh, well listen Andrea got a lovely little thing with the hair and the eyelashes. I just get how you feeling. I even get uh, no big up or nothing. That's well, how it is. The way you're, you're just I at the, how it the is. screen, I can kind of see I your see, nose a bit. Uh, listen, it's all good. It's all good. We're good. We're good. We're good. Um, <laughs> I'm playing. I'm playing. Um, do you know what? At this point in time, I am feeling overwhelmed and mad grateful for the position I'm in right now. It's been a lot of ups and downs, not just with 
what's been going on with the world. But personally as well, I've been trying to adapt to a lot of things, changes in my life, trying to grow as a man. Uh, I've been going through ups and downs of, you know, personal things, relationships, all sorts of things I've been trying to figure out. But ultimately, I am in a great place as of right now. So I'm, I, I can't be happy. I can't, I can't lie. I feel like we're definitely here to speak on Black History Month and the importance of it. And, you know, it was sort of introduced in the 80s as a way to celebrate black culture and, you know, challenge racism and all that sort of stuff. But I feel like maybe not even just for 2020, but in general, it's evolved. So I'll pose this question to you first, Andrea. Um, what does Black History Month mean to you? Um, growing up in school... I remember Black History Month being something that wasn't that celebrated. I'll be honest, it wasn't that celebrated. The month came and the month went. And we probably had a couple of posters up in school. Um, we probably... Little Martin Luther King. Yes, yeah, yes, it was It was Martin Luther King, um, Malcolm X. We watched Roots for like a whole month in history. It was long. Same, same. And then that was literally, that was it. But I don't think we really knew what it was for or how it came about. We didn't actually know a lot about black history, which was unfortunate because a lot of things that I learned about black history, I learned as an adult when I grew up and I was able to do my Mm. own research. I learned more about black history on social media during the Black Lives Matter movement this year than I did in school. And I'm not even joking. I didn't even know that black people or a black man invented the traffic light. I had no, I didn't know. I found this stuff out on Twitter and it was so interesting. You're so right. Like I've, I've found out so much, so much amazing things about just what my, what my people have done, not just for black people, but just for the world. And you've only really got, we only really got to really... I, I don't know. We only really got to experience or learn those things because of the heightenedness of what happened this year. And it, it kind of goes on to what um, Andrea was saying, because it's mad because me me and Andrea, it's almost like we're actually brother and sister because everything you just said, I was about to say. So I, I, you might as well the just one of us on this to you now, Bobby. So. Repeat the question again. What was it? So I, I'll, I'll switch it up for you a little bit, right? Just to keep the conversation flowing and juicy, you know? So... <laughs> Uh, why is Black History Month important? But also, can I add on to your question, uh, if you believe that people are more educated now than they were in the 80s when it was implemented, when it was first introduced? I'll be a bit controversial, but I'm not really a fan of Black History Month. Um, the reason being it, um, um, my mum was, my mum's retired now, but she used to, she was a head teacher for many years in primary school. So going between to see her school and also being the school I was in, the narrative was always the same. Just like what you said, you get that one month where I know every every October I'm going to see a picture of Martin Luther King or Malcolm X or the same faces. Dreams. Yeah, the yeah, same yeah. faces every time to kind of remind us that there, that there we, we, were, we had problems and we're out of them now. When really what this year definitely showed everyone is that that's definitely not the case. There's a lot of things we still need to be fizzling out with with the with society and a lot of things that we in our own culture need to ask ourselves about questions about. And Amen. One thing which was what um was uh, what was the what was the second part of the question? Do you think that people have uh, are more educated now than they were in the 80s? I think the only reason is that it's it's, it's a testament to how civilization has improved and just advanced over the times because just like what Andrea said 
I'm found out so much about black culture this year just off social media, just off the fact of the fact that someone wanted to give certain informations or give um just give us a means of finding out information, what book to read, where to where to look up certain things. And I feel like rather than just having a month, black culture has been such a fundamental part of British culture since we came over here, since um with in so many parts of history. And I believe that it should be really part of the curriculum as a whole, as opposed to just giving us one month. And that's just to speak about, you know, black culture, but there's so many different cultures yeah. that have built this country. And it's more than just what we've been learning in school to think that every single year, it makes people feel, it kind of gave me the impression that the only thing that we, that the people or the government or schools want to kind of teach us about our culture is the same faces we see every single month. Well, it's it's, it's like the the black struggle, I think, because if if you do a cheeky little Google, yeah, I did it before I um came on to meet you guys today, and like so, black people just invented, as you said, Andrea, the traffic light, also um the lifts. Uh, refrigerated trucks, home security systems, the mailbox. Like there's so many inventions that have come from black history that we don't know about. But is there a moment, Bobby, in black history that has inspired you? Like if if we take it away from the civil rights movement, if we take it away from the dreams that Martin Luther King had and Malcolm X changing his name, you know, what what is what what about black history? Is there a moment that's inspired you? This year. No word of a lie. You said that and dropped the mic. Yeah, the mic dropped, man. But mash up the mic right now. Because in all honesty, I went to two of the protests, right? And one thing that shocked me was that there were more there were more white people and more other cultures there than black people. There were more others than us there. And secondly, that moment of feeling united that no matter what's going on in the world right now, we're going to do this for us because we, we need the, our voice to be heard. No matter what's going on, the, the, the sense of unity when we was there, regardless of what colour you were, what, what, what background you were, sexuality, whatever it was, it was literally seeing and really being, being a part of the fact that we, like, like you just said, this year has really made everyone you had no choice but to see what was going on. It's this, this, what this, this year has been mad. It's just been mad. And I really think this is, it's been, a, it's been very powerful from how it's, I think it's going to shape the direction of just how people's perception and how things are going to go forward. I think for, for someone like me watching yourself and, and you as well, Andrea, like on TV, being that representation is also really important because I think normalizing black stories and also telling like, black stories in the British story is really important. And when we look at representation, be it Trevor Nelson, be it Ainsley Harriet, what, the only black chef that's on, on primetime telly? If we look at, I don't know, even Andy Peters or Moira or Trisha or June Sarpong, those are my ideas of real representation. Is there anyone that you had growing up, Andrea, that um that inspired you, that represented blackness for you? I started acting... Or I, I knew I wanted to pursue acting 10 years ago now. So when I was 16, I got my first agent. And it's because when I was watching TV back then, I remember there were things like... So there's an actress called Zara Abrahams and she was on Girls in Love and she was on Waterloo Road. Um, this is weird, but even 
I, like, I was such a big fan of EastEnders and there's an actress called Tiana Benjamin who played Chelsea on EastEnders. And I remember those were the actresses that I used to watch and think, I want to do that. Like, this is what I want to do. And when I started acting, I had one of my first performances and one of the teachers came up to me and said to me, you remind me of Chelsea from EastEnders and I feel like that's something you can do and I want you to go for it. And that was only one actress. We didn't have that many black female actresses on TV in the UK that we could look up to or aspire to be like because we tended to look over to the US. Now as an adult and being in this industry, a lot of the black people that inspire me are my friends and are my peers. It's, it's insane. It blows my mind every day that I wake up feeling like I now know the people that inspire me um, and that keep me going and that are doing amazing things every single day despite being told no or d- despite being told that we have a glass ceiling and then you have a double yeah. glass ceiling if you're black and you're a woman and then you have three glass ceilings if you're black you're a woman and you identify as lgbtq plus do you know so you're, mm. we're constantly being told that it's hard for us to break these barriers but yet every single day our peers are doing it do you know I, I think it's it's very interesting that you say that as well because you know i feel like in when I when I've been born in like the nineties and that it's like there's room for one so you know you mentioned you know like the Chelseas or or the Zaras and and it's like that was the the one black girl that kind of made it and even when it comes to crossing the 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 sea to the pond and going to the US it's usually men that you hear so even nowadays you've got your Daniel Kaluuyas you've got your Damson Idris you've got your John Boyegas and we can keep going with that so. I think that it's a testament to you and people like you and even in, in my field in presenting, you know, existing and being them, that there being many of us is already breaking down those barriers. Do you have somebody who's like an icon for you that you look up to and think, yes? An icon? Oh, this is hard because there's so you many... You can say Beyonce, I ain't mad at you. I think more so, I'd always <laughs> say Beyonce just because of her work ethic. I think her work ethic is in, it blows my mind. It's so insane. I think the amount of influence and power that she has and then the things that she does behind the scenes is just, is incredible. Um, I have too many. This is so hard. But also, shout out to you because you're an ambassador for the British Heart Foundation. So, sis, don't worry, me too. I've seen your bio. I've seen your work, ma'am. Okay? And you are also out here slaying as one of our black queens. So, shout out to you too. Um, But I think there are, yeah, I think there are so many. I think one was... I think news that blew my mind was when we found out that Richard Blackwood was going to be playing our dad because I was like... I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. This is someone that we grew up watching on TV and listening to his music. And then pff, fast forward, he's now part of our family and he's just such mm-hmm. an amazing, amazing, wonderful human being. And just listening to him even talk about the things that he went through in the industry when he was coming up and to see where he is now and the great things that he's doing now. All of these things just inspire me to keep going and just let me know that, like I said, we are constantly breaking barriers and I don't think anything is out of our reach. I don't think there's anything that is impossible for us to do anymore. Um, so, yeah. Uh, what about you, Bobby? Do you have an icon? Um, yeah, but just to quickly just go back on what you were saying about how um, 
it kind of seems like they let one in, one out type of thing. And Mo yeah. Gilligan said it best the other day. I watched his whole um, Black British and Funny. I think that's oh, what it's yeah. That was, a good, that was a good doc, yeah. He said one thing that literally just, it, it just, I was just like, my, my jaw just dropped because I just didn't realise that that was the case. And he was like, when you look at the, when you look at presenters, so similar to you, Steve, right? So when giving a black male or female a genuine, like their own show, like it's their show, their name on it. It was 20 years. Yeah, from the Richard Blackwood show. And his own show. That alone just made me feel like, I was just thinking like, I, I literally had to research and be like, surely he's wrong. Yeah, and, and the, you're, you're going through Wikipedia, yeah, there look, for 20 years thinking, show me show something. Me something. But it, show me something. And remember, he had to, he had to become like a, a, a viral superstar in, in order for that to, yeah, to get a guest slot on Big Nasty show and then get his own show. You're right. But it's it's one of those things that I just think you don't want to sit down and be complaining about something and you want to be the best at your job and you want to be able to get things based on merit. You don't want to get something because it's been 20 years since the black man had a show. However, a little pinch of salt to that one is that I wouldn't mind a little bit of nepotism. I'm not going to lie. Ross, if I didn't what, yeah? have to wake up at 4.30 every day, that would be cool for me. You know like. what, yeah? Why would you surf with that one, you know? What? Okay. Yeah. Okay. If it was a little bit easier, do you know what I mean? Like, of course, working hard and working at what you love is a blessing. And, you know, like everything is with God's timing as well. I just do think that black people and especially darker skinned people have to work harder. And the worst thing, it's not even the worst thing. It's just that's a narrative you were probably told from, from as soon as you could walk. But yeah, icon. Yeah, icon. no, you're icon. I'm still, I'm still, you segued. Growing up, yeah, I was, I was just, I said to myself, I've always wanted to be like the English Will Smith. That's like, that was, that was me in a nutshell, just for everything I did, all these things. And then from doing all that stuff, I had, I really had two icons. And it's crazy that I'm even saying this because like it's Will Smith and Richard Blackwood. And for me, which was mad, just like how Andrea was saying, we literally, there was all these whispers at work saying, oh, they're going to bring in a dad and da 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 it could be this, could be that. I'm thinking, it could be anyone. I'm not really listening. I want to see who it is. All of a sudden, we do this photo shoot and my man walks in and he's been nothing but more like of a mentor to me and Andrea, just literally just schooling us with game and all sorts of stuff and how, and loads of things. So that for me was the most, like, surreal experience, but... For me, it was definitely Will Smith, uh, Richard Blackwood, and I, got, I don't want to sound like another person just saying his name, yeah. But listen, I love me some Idris. You know? He like he really he really did like he gave me that extra push in terms of wanting to do this acting thing because there was a there was a moment where I just where I just was really just didn't really know how English actors were going to break into the scene. And then when I saw him doing certain things, that gave me it got, kind of gave me hope again. What you guys? I don't know if you if you know, but you are the Andys and the Jennies and the Richards and the the Zaras of this generation. Like, that's what you you two are. That's a madness for you to even say that. Like uh, one thing for sure is that COVID has COVID has made, meant that we haven't even I haven't even really been able to. I, I want to say enjoy the, what's happening or really understand. The, like the impact that we're making because yeah I can see myself on TV but I'm actually just at home like we have we're, we've been isolating I, I'm not really meeting fans I'm not meeting anyone or getting an idea of the impact what the show's doing I'm hoping that for the culture a lot of people can see the work we're doing and really be inspired by this of course but for you to say that just then 
We've just made it like that's another thing to just make my, my day. This is it's gonna be a good week for me, you know. <laughs> big, big thank you to everyone at Hollyoaks. And the storyline blew my mind when I found out like what we were gonna be doing, who we were gonna be coming in as, and then joining the black family. Um but I think as time has gone on, I got a lot of messages from people that were saying that they were really happy to see a black woman on screen and they were happy to see a black woman of my complexion on screen as in as a as a leading character because back in the day when I started acting I was told that if I didn't have straight hair or if my hair didn't resemble the European texture my my afro hair I would never play the lead the extra or I would only play the best friend but not actually play the lead so oh my god like just to to have as much screen time as we've had and to have had as much love and fantastic reception that we've had is wonderful I think when it comes to um Hollyoaks it's been a show because I've watched it like my sisters used to watch it when I was a kid so I've watched it from early early on and it has always been a show that um is definitely more diverse than than the average British soap especially when it comes to um the LGBTQ plus community it's always been quite representative um, of that and showing um issues in in that community as well but I do think your family um, being a dark-skinned family is just something... Because, you know, you you don't want to be the token as well. And I think that there is um, such a fine line between actually representing and almost kind of... Um, not ex- not extorted, because that's a, a very strong word, but just, you know, that like, sort of uh, taken advantage of, like, as, as... But I think you guys do toe the line really well, and I think that you do represent that. So when I watch the show, I'm like, oh, yeah, I get that joke. And that's, that's the point. To be frank... Hollyoaks have get really given us a lot of not I'm not gonna say freedom to say whatever we want and stuff like that, but they really have been open to a lot of changes that we wanted to make or little things what we think would be good for the storyline. They've been so receptive with that and, and really get it really try to accommodate certain things which I've never seen before in a soap. And like having Kelly on on Kelly there, Trevor like Trevor is one person who will continuously try to drill into my head about how important what's going on is like what's happening right now like this family is more than just just a a, a black family on a soap at this point in time like this is a real change in how black families or people are going to be perceived on British soaps and that hasn't been seen before and it didn't really you know it didn't really resonate fully because I was still in the whole I was still in the cloud because I'm on the show everything's great and then like I said, I feel overwhelmed at this point because it's just it just seems that history is being made and I'm so happy to be a part of it. So apart from being overwhelmed, how does it feel kind of to know that you are that representation for people? Because I think that it's, it's it, you know, there's there's two sides to every coin and with the Black Lives Matter and Black History Month and the movements and stuff, of course you can look at the hardships and, and the violence that, that black people are subjected to. I think on the other side of the coin, there is you know, real change, it feels like shifts are happening and you guys, you know, you were ahead of the curve, but you are part of the shift. So how does it feel knowing that when a young black kid turns on the telly, they're going to see your big face there and they're going to know that they exist outside of their own house and they're represented in this country in the way that we weren't necessarily represented when we were younger? I think it's just representation matters and I don't think people really understood this or the severity of this, or some people rather, 
didn't understand the severity of this before this movement happened because for them it was oh well you know you do have that one black girl in this show well we did have one black girl here or one black guy but I don't think people really understand that for us you can't be what you can't see it's that Mm -hmm. it's that's how powerful it is it's that as you said you're preaching wow so serious listen where's the offering basket let me tell you there are kids out there there are children out there there are even adults out there that are watching the things that we're we're doing and it's encouraging them to take that step to go for what they want to go for their dreams to not have to do everything the conventional way just because it feels like the right thing to do or it feels like the only way to succeed or like Bobby said we have to feel like well I have to work twice as hard just to be as successful we now know that us being us is enough what about you, Bobby? How does it how does it feel for you? I've I, I've always been um, so before acting. I've always been heavily involved in sports and stuff. So I was kind of raised to be that leader figure. And if you can't be that leader figure, try to assist people so that everyone can kind of get to their full potential. So it, when when it comes to you know the, it, is there potential pressure with the position you're in and stuff like that? I'm one of those guys just like. Bring, give me all the smoke. Because at the end of the day, like, if I've been chosen to represent my people or even given the chance to relay some information, I'm all about that. I feel like there needs to be certain people like that. And if I've been given, the, if I'm given the chance to do so, then I'm just going to run with it until the wheels fall off. And then hopefully I can make, I want to be able to make change for the future generations. That's ultimately what I'm trying to do. And if that is from me, being on Hollyoaks and acting and doing all that type of thing or just being able to do it in my own way without needing to do it for any other person. I'm all for that. So I'm kind of inviting the pressure. Before we wrap up, um, I wanted to ask each of you, maybe Andrea, starting with you, what Black Lives Matter means to you? Because it is a movement that has been a resurgence. It does feel like a cultural shift, especially with conglomerates and companies and, you know, huge like businesses taking a stand, seemingly like, you know, making changes, being more representative on and off camera, behind the scenes, whatever it may be. And some people might think it's lip service. For me, I'm a little bit more optimistic. So what does Black Lives Matter mean, mean to you? Literally everything that you've just said is that we matter, that we deserve to be seen, that we deserve to be treated as equals. Um, That everlasting debate of Black Lives Matter, no, but all lives matter, really grates on me because we are saying the same thing. All lives won't matter unless Black Lives Matter. That's what we're saying. So all lives should matter but black lives are marginalized and we don't want to be anymore. We want to be treated as equals. We want to be able to succeed in ways that we've been watching our counterparts succeed for many, many years because we are just as capable and because we are just as talented. Um, And these things shouldn't be determined based on our skin color or based on appearance. And as I said, we should be celebrated. Um, I think we matter. We deserve to be loved. We deserve to be seen. We deserve to be treated as equals. Um, we deserve to excel. I, I think, um, you know, uh, amongst being celebrated, amongst being revered and, and you know, loved for, for talents, for me personally, I think that the Black Lives Matter movement is about being human. 
you know like it's the sort of thing of like you know you you know it's for so long I feel like the except you have to be exceptional in in order to to get somewhere being black and I, and I say this you know both loving the fact that the the people who are at top of their field are are the best to ever do it but also knowing how exhausting that must be you know in order to get something you you have to be the best and then some and I think the humanizing the black experience you know and it's not just about being the best at sport the best on camera the best singer it's about the fact that you know it's that it's being a human being and, and living that I think is um super important you know people are like oh yeah mm, yes girl Beyonce but it's like no 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 think about like who they are as human beings and I think that is something that is more more kind of visible in 2020 than before but um Bobby what does Black Lives Matter mean to you? I 100% agree with everything that Andrea said um 100% BLM the whole movement has been great for uh, growing awareness to people that had no idea but the, I think the one thing that annoys me about a lot of things the aftermath of what's come of it like this whole all lives matter thing and it's like if you believe that all lives matter then you're almost part of the problem because we're not saying that all lives don't matter but one thing for sure is that if you're someone living and breathing within western society you better acknowledge that you wouldn't be living the life you live currently if it wasn't for black people and to receive the treatment and abuse that we've suffered over the years we're not saying that right now black lives matter Black lives have always mattered and should be treated as equals amongst other cultures. So I'm grateful that we're in a time now where our voices will be received to the masses and BLM is allowing more people to look at these protests as as yet another display of people fighting for justice. People that have done so much for society and rightfully so are fed up with the inequality we faced over the years. So... I'm I'm just I'm grateful that you know the work can be spread out to the masses even more so so that you know we can really get some change going so yeah man big up BLM man well we have come to the end so uh, thank you Andrea thank you Bobby for joining us today and most importantly thank you for not filtering your feelings thank you Yinka for for doing this man I've really enjoyed meeting you and this conversation has been great Thank you, Andrea and Bobby, and thank you for listening. If you want more Don't Filter Feelings, then you can search the hashtag or check out Hollyoaks on your social feeds. And if you've been affected by anything you've heard on this podcast or seen in Hollyoaks, then there is help and support at channel4.com slash support. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Please leave us a rating and review the episode wherever you listen.